Jake, I, uh, I went running today for the first time in quite a while. Sounds like and, a uh, Yeah, I, my body hurts from that, and I didn't even run that far. Uh, made it a mile and a half, which I feel like is pretty good for the first time in a long time. Thankfully, uh, the picks are doing better than my body is doing. Uh, we swept the board on the game picks yesterday. Uh, this week on the show picks, uh, you and Cousin Jared have just been knocking it out of the park. Uh, a combined, uh, what, uh, 11 and 1 uh, on the show picks. I mean, that's just kudos to, to you. It's an unreal run. I mean, couldn't do it without the model. But dude, man, this is just fun. This is just fun right now. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Missed the prop with Rainwright. Uh, <clears throat> and I think that's kind of gambling sometimes, right? I think we actually kind of nailed the idea of what would happen and that he would get rocked. And the Cardinals were like, you're just going to keep throwing, buddy. And, and I, I think what happened was the Cardinals getting a few runs off of Freed in the first inning, I believe, they got those three back. I think kind of made them push him a little bit longer. Like, oh, you might can get the win. It's like, oh, the longer he pitches, the more runs he's going to give up, right? So he ended up, his ERA went, his ERA was almost, was like eight and it went up after this. And yet he still went over on that prop. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, what are you going to do? Uh, it is what it is. <laughs> we'll try to do better on the prop here today. Yeah, that's just rough. But I, I do, I'll do love those colors on you. I mean, it looks really good. You got the right A this time. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, NFL started up tonight. Uh, Lions with the win. We lost the money line play on the Chiefs, but we won the A grade under 55, as that was never in doubt. Uh, really, I mean, maybe it was 7 7 in the early second quarter, maybe it was like in play, but I mean, it just never got anywhere near it on that other. So it's an easy A grade under. So starting off with a small profit here, uh, after one game in the NFL, so that's always good. Uh, and then just continue to roll along here in baseball, Jake. Any uh, anything that I should say before? We get to the games. I mean, you got to be fair to us. We made that pick before Kelsey was out. So th- that also, was a, also a ginormous loss. Also true. Uh, I had him in the model worth somewhere between two and a half and three points is where the math works out. I don't actually have like values for players uh, as much as it kind of, kind of shuffles in together for positional ranking. So I rerun without a guy and uh, I could probably tease out what the players are worth individually. I guess if I really went hard enough, I don't have that enough to match. No, I rerun the system. And when I pulled Kelsey out, it was like almost like a three point drop um, for the chiefs. It dropped their wide receivers down to 30th. And I mean, good night. Like I, and, and we were talking about this before show. I, I do want to tell for the people who are watching, you know, if this watching the NFL, like the chiefs receivers, that was a bad game for them. no, no, team no player no group is ever as bad as their worst game um that was probably their worst game like i can't see it keep being worse so take that for what it's worth um that said i mean obviously without kelsey they're in trouble even with kelsey like they only have the one guy like it it it, 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 it kind of justifies my thoughts and i know a lot of power rankings have the chiefs like top four and i had them i think down at 10th with Kelsey, and I think they were like seventh with Jones. I think jo- losing Jones dropped him to like tenth, and then once I dropped Kelsey, it dropped him to seventeenth. And I'm like, that looked about right. That looked like about the seventeenth best team in football here that we saw tonight. You got a great quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. They got a decent offensive line that can protect him, but that's like it. They have nothing else uh, besides yeah. offensive line: Mahomes, Jones, and Kelsey. It's like the whole team. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. it's uh, yeah, take two of those guys away. It's tough, right? Yeah, I mean the defense that really didn't do that bad. I didn't think. I mean, it was just. I didn't think like, the Lions' I, offense I also wasn't that good. So yeah. I expected a worse drop without Jones. They were still able to get to the backfield some, and I, I um, yeah, I think the help on I think the, 
Yeah, my thought is the issue is even without Jones, the defense still just doesn't have a lot of talent anyway. So with him, he can only like I think Jones has a, he, Jones has a smaller impact on the defense than Kelsey does on the offense because as good as Jones is, absolutely uh, getting pressure on the quarterback is only one part of the equation. I think it definitely hurt against the Lions because Goff's better when he's not pressured, uh, as most quarterbacks are. But but you know, he I think it was a, a little bit maybe more extreme than that. But uh, um, you know, he, he helps a little bit for sure, but Kelsey, you could just tell was like the, a, a huge drop off. And, uh, but again, like I said, even, even then I, I, I knew my model was lower on the chiefs than we started. It's just, it's also low in the lions. And I, I don't, I don't think I saw anything that impressed me about either team tonight. I think, uh, you know, especially if you don't watch college, you know, you were itching to see football. So you were excited to see football, but I don't know. It looked like two not very good teams to me. Um, maybe the chiefs impress a little bit more. Uh, when they get you know two of their stars back, if they get two of their stars back, I don't know the whole Chris Jones thing. I don't know what's going to happen with that. Uh, Kelsey, you assume is back next week, and that'll that'll help them out. But um, yeah, anyway, uh, enough of football. Let's get to baseball. Uh, Two twenty p.m. Eastern. Diamondbacks and the Cubs uh, nailed <clears throat> this one here on Thursday night. Zach Gallon and Jamison Tyon. I mean, uh, the, Jamison Tyon is not as good of a pitcher as Zach Gallon. I think we all know that. ERA is about two points difference. Underlying metrics, probably about a run and a half different. Uh, the biggest question I, I have about this game is while Gallon's the better pitcher, he's really struggled on the road this year. I think that's why the Diamondbacks are not bigger favorites, according to the model. We like the Diamondbacks. It's only a C-grade pick, and I kind of think that plays into it a little bit here. Uh, Jake, I'm curious your take on that. You know, why you like the Diamondbacks, how you feel about Gallon on the road, how you feel about your confidence level. You know, do you think you could play it higher than a C-grade? You know, what, what are your thoughts on this? Because that's my biggest open question is, is – this game's at home, and I'm like 100% happy to back the Diamondbacks at a short price with Gallon against Tyon. I mean, it's a massive mismatch. The Diamondbacks seems playing as good as the Cubs are playing. The Diamondbacks are playing well. We saw it here on Thursday. Outmatched the pitcher and still won. But Gallon on the road is like uh, a little a little nervous, maybe? Maybe? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I would be, except I, th- I think this Diamondbacks offense is good enough to carry the weight. When I've Like, Tyon is serviceable. I mean, he's not terrible, but he's—he's he's not, he's not as bad as Eddie RA. He's not as bad as yeah. ERA, but yeah, he's yeah. not—he's not good. I mean, no. And so I think the Diamondbacks' offense is really going to make up for the little bit of drop we see on them for Gallon on the road. And I think there's more of a chance that Gallon looks like he does at home on the road than it does that Italian looks like a good pitcher. So mm. plus the relievers, I really like the back end there. Sold, sold, sold. Uh, for, for Diamond, yeah. uh, Diamondbacks. Uh, I, I just think the Diamondbacks are a better, better all, overall team, especially with Gallon on the mound. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good way to frame it, right? That you know, you might have a little bit of concern about Zach Gallon on the road, but Gallon on the road is still a better pitcher uh, than Tyon at home is, and that's I think the thing to remember is that we can't get too carried away with. You know, we always have to keep the comparison thought in our head, right? It, it, it's the same concept of when you think about relievers sometimes, right? When you talk about, you know, do you want to let a starting pitcher go the third time through the lineup? You know, the question is, is this guy kind of fatigued third time through better than what you have in the bullpen? And in a lot of cases, the answer is probably not. But in some cases, the answer is, yeah, like I still would rather have, you know, uh, whatever, uh, you know, a Luis Castillo or whoever, right? You're, you know, he pitched tonight, so it's one thing about him, but a, a good pitcher that third time because he's better than a, a healthy guy and, and out, of, out of the bullpen. That's kind of thing here is that even though Gallon's on the road, he's still better than Italian. And so we still got the better pitcher here. Short price minus 113 model gives that a C grade. It says the correct price. Uh, it should be right at minus 113. So it just ekes into the value. Minus 107 would be a B grade, about even money or so. Anything that's, that's a plus 
would get it to an A grade if this number moves. You never know. I do note it. I did notice it on Thursday. Every game we picked overnight moved 10 to 25 cents our direction. So uh, who knows where the numbers will move, but uh, minus 113. We, we like the Dunbacks. Afternoon game, uh, worth putting a little bit of action on. Don't get too carried away, though. At this price, it's not great, but if the price gets better, keep putting a little bit more on it, you know, as the value increases. 7.05 p.m. Eastern Marlins at the Phillies. Uh, Marlins uh, tried their best to get perfect gained against uh, the Dodgers here. Uh, I think that ended, ended in the seventh inning here on Thursday. Um, things don't get a whole lot better with Christopher Sanchez. A Sanchez guy we talked about before the model likes him. His ERA is really good. He's an interesting case. His XFIP is really low. His FIP is really high. What that tells me is he's been a little bit unlucky with the home run ball. Um, you know, that happens sometimes to pitchers, but the model really likes him. Uh, Yuri Perez, though, has been really good as well. Again, and we've talked about it before, probably not as good as that 286 area. I do expect some regression to come, but his underlying metrics have him around a four. That's still pretty good for a rookie pitcher. So I want to make sure that I, I'm not trying to talk out of both sides of my mouth here, but I'm also trying to make sure that I'm not implying something too extreme. I think he's good for a rookie. I think uh, underlying metrics around a four, that's really solid. He's got a lot of upside. I'm sure he's going to continue to get better. I will say, though, that this 286 ERA, that is not reflective of how he's pitched this year. He has not been that good. He's been a little bit lucky to get that ERA. Uh, that low and and he's going to need that luck to continue here because he's going up against the Phillies offense. It really seems to be clicking at the right time. I assume that they will get Trey Turner back who was out a couple of days on the paternity list. So congrats to him. Um, he's missed a couple of days. Phillies had a day off. You assume that's typically what happens is that player typically like takes the rest of the series off and then comes back the next one. This seems like uh, you know a home game here. It feels like the time that he would come back into the lineup. You never know. Of course, I haven't seen anything specifically, but I'm assuming that uh, if I'm wrong, then that affects our assessment of this game. But assuming Turner's back, I mean, that even without him, this offense just gets to roll. I'm not sure it even mattered. Uh, as hot as he's been, everybody's been hot. And that Phillies lined up the Marlins, kind of hanging around there, but I feel like they're sputtering a little bit. Decent pitching, decent relievers. The offense is the big difference. And of course, the game location tilts us towards the Phillies model. Says minus 151 is what the price should be. We locked in minus 140. Barely ekes into B grade. Minus 142 is the B grade threshold. Minus 131, the A grade. So we're about a dime away from that. Jake, what do you got on this one? Yeah, look, I like Yuri Perez, but I think he's lucky, a little, a little bit lucky. And the Phillies offense is not what you want that with, especially at home. And if Trey Turner's coming back, that's going to be right, – because you got Harper, Schwarber, Turner, Castellos. There's just too many Bob's guys. Bob's been hitting the ball a little bit lately too. Yeah. There's too many guys to have to get luck, keep the luck rolling against in that lineup. And I mean, I love Sanchez too. This is two really good pitchers going at it. That's they're going to be fun to watch. Uh, the relievers are, I mean, you can tell by your rankings, they're just about even. Solid. It's just the offenses are different, are so, there's where all the differences. And then the Marlins, I just don't think you're going to get lucky and have a bad Sanchez game and then bad enough for that offense to take advantage yeah. of it. Like once you're past the, I mean, really the first hitter of the areas <laughs> like it's yeah. not much not much there especially with well, Solaire on the, on Soler on the IL really matters I mean he is hit a lot of home runs this year as someone who uh, my, my fantasy team completely fell apart like every everybody that's been injured in the last you know month in the NL I've had them on my team and Solaire's one of them <laughs> so he's, he was a great revelation for them this season and then nice hurt and that that really hurts their offense gives them you know takes away more more of their pop and, and yeah. your right-handed bat takes away against the lefty right so I mean it's not good for them no, it's just not. It's not going to be a pretty look. I think it's going to look. I'm not going to say that they're going to get perfect games, but it's going to. It's going to have a similar type feel. I feel. I feel like. 
of note, those relievers grade out pretty similarly. The top relievers don't. And that's been a theme with the Marlins this year. The relievers at the very back end, Robertson's had problems since they've got him out there. Puck has had problems with their – the relievers have done well. They project well. They're, they're doing fine on the whole. Like, they're doing fine in the 6th, 7th, and 8th. They just they can't get the ninth solved. And yet they still are winning a bunch of one-run games. It's a really weird – like, it, it almost seems impossible that they have so many closer issues and yet win a ton of one-run games. It's like the closers happen to blow the game so that they're tied and then they win it in the bottom of the ninth or the 10th by one run. It's like, I don't, it's just bonkers how that's put out. It's weird, small sample size. Uh, that's not going to keep going, happening going forward, but uh, you know, it's just an interesting note. Their top relievers grade out at a 93 closer to league average, whereas the top relievers of the Phillies grade out at an 85. So that Phillies bullpen, you know, solid at this point. I know they had some issues early on in the year with injuries, uh, but they've kind of solidified that uh, looking looking like a solid playoff team, kind of like last year's team was uh, a little under the radar and then kind of got going at the right time and made a nice little run there uh, to the world series. And it looks pretty similar to me, um, you know, from, really from what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it should also make you nervous that you've got the other really good team in your division. Cause obviously the Braves and the Dodgers, I, th- I think the Braves and Dodgers are better than anybody in the AL. That's a whole other issue. Um, Phillies here at minus minus one forty. Uh, B grade pick uh, total. This one, I had to talk about the total in the, in the first game simply because it, it's wriggling in the day and it looks like the wind's blowing in, but you know how we, I, I don't know how many times I've said it, right? Got to check the weather update regularly in the morning. Like that is really hard to talk about the night before this one. We can talk about a little bit. The projected total is 7.8. The books are listing nine. Now, if you want to go under, you do have to pay some juice. So Jake, I'm curious your thoughts on this. we talk about the Marlins offense, struggling, decent bullpens, good starting pitching, how do you feel about under nine laying the minus 120? Or if it's at eight and a half, if it moves there, or if it's got better juice, you know, what are your thoughts on this uh, potential underplay, either one of those or neither? I, I would play under eight and a half. Um, I'm not going to go any lower than that. But uh, I just, like I said, I, I don't think the Marlins are going to get much done here. And I don't think we're going to get a five. Like my biggest fear would be five three five. Like going into the eighth or whatever, and then we turn into a one one run game and get over to nine. But I, I think we're going to get like a four to two, maybe four one kind of kind of game. Would you prefer under nine minus one twenty, under eight and a half even money? If I offered you both of those, which one are you taking? I'd take even money. Take even money. Okay. Yeah, cause, I mean, you lose at nine. It's I don't know, but I'd rather take the take the extra payout to lose at nine than it would to get my wager back. What do you think about a Marlins team total under then? Because neither one of us think the Marlins are going to put up much offense. How do you feel about that? Yeah, yeah, I'd probably be all over it because I, I just don't think the Marlins have anything. I don't, I don't know what the team total is right now, but knowing the way this works, model likes the Phillies, model likes the under. Model's going to like the Marlins team total under. There's really no way around that. Like, if not, then that's like the weirdest, another weird, you know, paradox type thing. Uh, that's that's probably a probably a good play too if if you're looking out there. If you play some of the team total stuff, Marlins team total under uh, a strong play. And and they're, they're starting to. I don't, I don't know exactly. I mean, someone can correct me on this. You know, I watch a lot of baseball. I keep up with a lot of baseball, but I, I can't catch everything, right? But I it is starting to feel a little bit this Marlins team uh, like the stretch that the. Uh, the Pirates had earlier this year and that the Marlins had last year where they just were like constantly scoring three runs or less. And it's like they would not go under 
they would not go under three. They'd score four. It was like four was like their high water mark or something. And so I'm not sure if it's exactly been like that, but it just feels like every time I turn around, this Marlins offense is just sputtering to like three runs or less. Uh, that just seems like it's happening more often than not. And so um, I don't know, maybe Mar- maybe some of you already been playing the Marlins team total under and, and finding some success there. I'm not sure. Seems like a smart play. Yeah. Uh, 8, 10 p.m. Mets at the, we back the twins a lot. Jake, we were talking before show, um, you know, just kind of shooting the breeze here. And it, it, it feels like the twins and the blue Jays are turning into last year's Mariners or guardians. where we're kind of just like always backing the models. Always like it's working for us. We're making money off of them. It's not winning every night, but I mean, we're just, we are just off from the market and that's honestly, and, and look for, for those of you, you know, I, you know, we, you get more traction on football when people are watching football than baseball. So I'm assuming all of you are watching football shows uh, as well. So this is what I want to talk about this, right? That's honestly where we're going to find our value in both college football and the NFL is where we differ from the market and we find an edge. And we're not going to have an edge every single time, but we can find those where we're different. We can exploit those. That's how we're going to get in the long run profitable because, again, we know it's not going to work every game, but um, – if, if, if I use every single exact metric that the sportsbooks use to come up with a line and I come up with a line that's basically their number, like how does that help us, right? We're trying to find other angles where you find edges. And that's kind of what we've found. Like last year, we always talk about the Mariners. This year, though, it's kind of the Twins have been that team. Where I think we we think their offense maybe is a little bit better um, than the sportsbooks do. We think their pitching is better. I'm not sure. Whatever it is specifically, we're kind of always finding edge in the Twins. The one This one today. Oh my goodness. That number for starting pitcher on the twins, Dallas Keuchel, Dallas Keuchel and a 97. And we left him for literal dead last year. Last year, his rating got up to like a 130. I mean, he had, he pitched really well and he, he he's pitched well more recently than you think. I guarantee that because it was more recently than me or anybody else I've talked to thought about this, but it went downhill fast for him last year was abysmal and we were just fading him left and right. He fell off a cliff this year. He can't, you know, make any traction with any minor league teams. He's at different places and lo and behold, he gets picked up. He's playing for the St. Paul rubber duckies. I don't know. Uh, probably Akron. I think is the rubber ducks. I don't know what they are. Minor league team names are great. Whatever they are. Yeah. Uh, you know, this the St. Paul, it's probably the St. Paul Saints, is probably what it is. Um, <laughs> he's playing with them, I think it's them anyway. It's their triple A team for Minnesota. He's playing with them and he's starting to pitch decent. And you know, Twins got a couple guys hurt and they decide to call him up and he, he pitches okay. And then he pitches, he pitches okay. He's shaky out in there. And then he pitches, and then one game he has like a perfect game in like the sixth inning or something. Like he's actually been good again. And it's just, I don't know, I just cannot get over this. Like when I saw that, I was like, what is happening? 473 ERA. He had that one. I think he had that one rough start. FIP of 408. XFIP of 399. He's always been an extreme ground ball pitcher. Let's the guys put it in play, but gets weak contact, gets outs, doesn't walk guys. And he's had just good. The difference with Keiko when he's been able to, you know, you want to Cy Young. You know, I don't know if y'all remember that. When he's been at that level, all star level, he's made two all star teams. He's gotten just enough strikeouts to make his shtick work. When he hasn't, he's not getting those swings and misses, and he's getting too many balls in play, and it's not one-hitted inning that he can strand. It's multiple hits an inning, and, and that gets in trouble for him. He's gotten enough strikeouts now to make it work. These underlying metrics are really impressive. I just cannot believe it's a sub-100 rating for Dallas Keuchel. Obviously, we know uh, – 
you know, Kode Singa for the Mets, a guy we've talked about all season long from the very start, thought he'd be pretty solid. He's lived up to that. He's pitched even better. Um, he, his results have been even better than his underlying metrics, mid threes for the underlying metrics, 308 for the ERA. Uh, you know, I don't think he's quite as good as at 308. I think that, I think that you can see on screen people. 83 for the Mets, 97 for the Twins. That's about a full standard deviation. Sink is the better pitcher, full stop. Don't get me wrong. The gap is smaller than you might think, is I guess the point I'm trying to make with this, that it's a one standard deviation gap. If you look at just their ERAs, if you think about what happened last year with Keiko, you probably think it's closer to two. The model's just saying Sink is the better pitcher, but it's just not by as much as you think. The Twins don't aren't that much outpitched. The benefit for the Twins, of course, they don't need Keiko to go seven innings. They're not asking him to go seven. They haven't, you know, they're asking him to go five, turn it over to a very strong bullpen, whereas the Mets bullpen is a disaster. Uh, they were beating the Nationals on Sunday, or, or not Sunday, on Wednesday, I guess, Wednesday day game, I think up two nothing. Lose three to two with the bullpen. A bullpen is terrible. It's been terrible all season. Losing Diaz hurt, but even without Diaz, I'm just not sure. Like, it's just not gone well. And, then, and who knows, maybe putting him in the ninth, resets everybody gives them slightly better different roles and you know manager gets you know has that more flexibility to pitch ds in the eighth when it's the top of the lineup and use the guys you know maybe everybody pitches better i don't know but this bullpen's been terrible all season y'all know that twin 60 percent likely to win according to the model i do not know why we're getting plus odds on the twins this is insane um we're always a little bit out on the twins because we like the twins and they've been good to us. And so I have no reason to not keep betting them. But even if the model's biased a little bit, even if it shouldn't be minus 153, what the model says, maybe minus 143. Like, I don't know. It shouldn't be anywhere near plus 105. I think this is just people are looking at the pitching matchup and they're thinking, oh my gosh, massive edge Mets. It's edge Mets. It's not massive. Like Keiko's not bad. And I cannot believe I'm saying that after all the money we made fading him last year, but here we are, Jake. Uh, what you got for us on this one? I mean, you know the pitchers, but I think we've overstated the uh, value of the Mets offense. I, I just I don't mm. think that offense is there anymore. And then especially with the relievers, the, if your relievers are going to be that bad, you've got to have an offense that's very, very good on top of it to give you yeah. cushion there. Otherwise, it's putting a ton of extra pressure on Singa here to go deep and really control the game. And I think the Twins are have a good enough offense that – they might get one, maybe two off the uh, off a of single, but they'll definitely get one or two in, in the late inning. So any lead that I think the Mets might have is very <laughs> not safe. It's just going to be dangerous, and I think the Twins will easily win this one, actually. We've talked about this, too. I don't know. Maybe it's just being an Astros fan – I'm just a little bit like skewed on the offenses because I've just I've been fortunate as a fan to see good and you have too as a Braves fan to see good offenses and more than I we watch our teams I watch a lot of baseball right but we watch our own teams a little bit more we can't help it right but the, we talked about the Twins offense being at a 111 and we've kind of all I think we've all kind of just I don't know maybe they're not quite that good it feels like they're more like a 104 like they're slightly above average but I think that trickles down to everybody like the Mets at 101 kind of feels like they're more like 95 right and then you see it seems like the Pirates gets like an 88 and you see what they do half the time offensively and you're like they should be like an 80 right it's like everything feels a little bit like like we're just messed up because the Ashes offense when it's clicking like my goodness, what they did on that road trip was insane. The Braves offense has been insane all season. The Dodgers offense kind of sputtered a little bit like that first month, and they've had so many injuries, but they have put up a ton of run. Like, it's like everything's skewed from those teams, you know? And so 
I yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I look this Mets 101 and I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't think they're that good. I think everybody down there should be like five to 10 points lower than the model says. Because my perception of league average, I think, is a little bit off, I guess. But you're right. Yeah, this Mets office just hasn't been that impressive. They were supposed to be good and haven't been. Yeah, I think they have. I think, like, talent-wise, you've got them rated really – like, they're maybe even a little low for their talent. It's just the talent hasn't produced this year. Kind of like we were talking about Guerrero Jr. Like, like it's just – they're just having multiple – multiple guys are having bad years, and it's just really – and then at this point in the year, don't know really how much they're – they're going for it because they're, they're seeing the end of September coming up yeah. and they're probably more than happy about it. Which is a good reminder. We've been talking about a little bit, you know, now that we're September, you know, these are September 8th games as we get towards, you know, October, early October is when the season ends, right? You know, for the most part, we're not going to overthink that, but we do want to keep that in the back of our brain in certain situations. It's it. I guess the way I'd like to think about it is, I think this team might not be trying hard is probably not enough reason to make a bet, but it might be enough reason to keep you off of a bet, right? Because for the most part, the model still does a really good job. It's done so well in the last couple of years of September because it hasn't overthought it. It's just said, here's who's on the team. Here's how good they are. Guys try hard most of the time, um, even right down to the very last day. But there are situations where you might see a big edge on a team and just say, I just don't know if I can trust them you know, scale back your better or a medium edge and just say, I'm just not going to play them. Uh, I'm not sure. I would say, I think they've given up. I'm going to always fade them because uh, they're still going to win, right? They're still going to win some games, but it uh, might be enough to pull you. So just something to think about here as we enter September. Uh, it's always fun to be on the other side because you don't have to worry about it, right? In this situation, we don't, it's not even, it's not even something yeah. to think about. Uh, we like the twins. We like the twins. have been good to us. Uh, we're back in here. <laughs> it's just a ridiculous plus 105. Uh, does it guarantee the twins win? Uh, it is not saying they're a lock. There are no locks in gambling. It is saying that if they were to play this 10 times, we think the Twins win six of them. Maybe we observe one of the four. They don't. Baseball's a weird game. Sports are weird. Life is weird. Who really knows? But in the long run, this is a profitable price for us to bet. I said that a lot. Most of you all know that. Just got to say it for the newbies to make sure you're hearing me correctly on this. Twins with plus 105, solid long run play, which takes us to the prop of the day. I'm going to try to close the week on a good note here. Usually I, I show the screen from outlier.bet slash professor get you that free seven-day trial of what the pitcher's done all season. I'm not doing that. Why is that? Blake Snell has struck out a lot of people this year. There's no point in showing you that. You know that. I know that. We all know that. He's like 11 strikeouts per nine. Here's the thing, though. We have consistently won, I mean, like nine and one record-ish. I don't know, something like that. You know, fading lefties against the Astros. This Astros offense loves lefties. They're right-handed heavy, and the lefties they have in that lineup can really hit lefties. Tucker and Alvarez are two of the best against lefties in baseball. And so I wanted to show you from Outlier, and I kind of showed you all this yesterday. I wanted to zoom in on Houston versus lefties, strikeout percent for the season number one, and look in the last 30 days, that percentage has gotten lower. They don't strike out that much. They run pitchers. Blake Snell has done a better job lately of getting to six innings, but he's easily a guy who can spend way too many pitches trying to strike a guy out, trying to be too crafty and only get five innings. If he only goes five innings, it's going to be hard for him to get to seven. Not as he's saying he can't. It's going to be hard to, but this Astros just doesn't strike out a lot. So I like Blake Snell under six and a half Ks here because of the Ash, not because of Snell. This number's high because he's a good strikeout guy. He's going to strike some people out. It's just, I love 
fading lefties against the Astros. It's really that simple. Uh, Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I love it. I mean, those you can see the strikeout rate and the walk, the strikeout, the walks or what there. But I mean, those second set of three numbers where they're all number ones in the last thirty days are just as important because that means there's a good chance he gets run early and can't get to seven Ks because he, he's not even going to go six innings or something like that. So I, I think this is a, a very very smart play. The fact that it's only minus one ten is kind of incredible. Yeah, like let's dive into that. Twenty twenty three, the Ashes versus the lefty. 355 weighted on base average ranked second in baseball. So you don't even have to understand weighted on base average. It's, it's, it's a metric that just tries to weight home runs as more because home runs are worth more than triples, worth more than doubles, worth more than singles, worth more than walk, right? A walk's good. Singles a little bit better. Why is a single better? Because runner on first base, you get a single, he goes to third. Walk, he goes to second, right? Uh, runner on second, he probably scores, right? So, so singles a little bit better, right? right? Weighted on base just tries to put all that into one number. You don't even have to understand it. Just look at the fact that they're second in baseball at 355 and look at their last 30 days 419 like that is insane with an on base over 400 i mean their offense has really clicked they're healthy they are rocking and rolling against and 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 they i've talked about it all season y'all y'all been watching me y'all know i love this uh here the, the the you know they just project so well against lefties they don't strike out they might run snell early um this is easily a start i can see i looked at snell's outs under you can go with that as well. I think it was 16 and a half. You can go with that under. Uh, that's absolutely – I just I don't know what Snell's game plan is going to be. He might decide these guys don't strike out that much and they have a good eye. They walk a lot like that walk-to-strikeout ratio. He might decide to not be as nibbly and to try to go extra in, you know, an extra inning or so and, and, and give up on the Ks a little bit. So I don't know as much about the outs, but it feels like a five-inning start is about right. But if it's five innings, he's not going to get the Ks. And if he goes six, I think it's because he's not getting the Ks. That's, so that's why – I. Let me make sure I say that one more time because sometimes I struggle explaining things. I, I see two worlds. Snell's either, I think, going to get, get a really high pitch count and he's only going to make five innings, which is going to make seven Ks hard. Or if he's going deeper, I think it's because he's not trying to nibble and get every single strikeout, which is going to make seven strikeouts hard. <laughs> so I like it either way. Uh, again, just as we said before, no locks in gambling. Right? It's just in general, this is going to be a tough number for him to get to. Uh, and I'm like, you minus 110 is really good. I think this should be just a lot higher uh, personally. Jake, any uh, anything else to talk about with Blake Snell or the Astros? No, I just the 328 average as a team is just ridiculous in the last 30 days too. That's just versus that's just hard season. numbers. Yeah, that's just hard numbers to look at. Just, man, and, they, and they faced a lot of lefties lately because we've come on here and Taken, we faded a lefty against the Astros on these props like twice a week. So they faced a lot of lefties. It's not like it's just, you know, a sample size of like three games. Like it's been a lot. Uh, and as you can see, they've been doing it all season as well. Uh, again, outlier.bet slash professor, seven day free trial to check it out. Uh, no commitment beyond that, but they got so many good things to look at NFL player props, MLB player props, college football player props that you can do. I, I Back in grad school, we joked about creating a college football fantasy league. I don't know. People do that stuff now. So they've got all that information. If that's if that's your thing, it sounds fun. I don't know how you do it, but it sounds fun. Um, all sorts of goodies. Uh, team metrics, game metrics, total, all sorts of goodies over there. Outlier.bet slash professor. Check that out. And that is our show. Jake, parting words from you heading into the weekend. Uh, no, I'm going to give you one college football prop, prop or not prop, uh, but I really oh. like Southern Miss plus 17 and a half first half because I think Florida State's coming off that LSU, going to be riding high, start a little slow. I mean, go like if we get one score out of 
Southern Miss in that first half, I think that one cashes easy. Ah, nice little nugget there. Uh, Cousin Jared and I on the uh, uh, the the extra show that we give for our Dub Club subscribers. Only we covered every other game. So if you haven't, if you're with us on Dub Club, check that. I sent that link out. It's a it's a it's a Dub Club exclusive uh, for us. We talked about every other game, and we kind of mentioned that with Florida State. With this week and next week, kind of you know the week after that's Clemson. So these next two games, a little bit you know coming off of that win, looking ahead now, like they looked really really good. Model loves them now. Model just skyrocketed them and just said, hey. And, and I think the, what the model was so impressed with was, uh, and I think we mentioned on, on that show, for those of you who didn't, who didn't catch it, the, it, it's not just the defense got uh, some stops, but like getting all those like second, second goal from the two, third and goal from the two, fourth and goal from the two, or whatever it was, right? Like getting all of those stops, like, that was impressive. They kept getting those stops and that defense looks really good. But yeah, you're right. Like that is something to consider with college football, those trap spots, those look ahead spots. Uh, that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, you're right. They're definitely short week for them. Uh, feels like uh, they know they go out there. And that's the thing about spreads. It's tough, right? That's what we're talking about money lines. Cause we got to think about our incentives being aligned, but they don't care about covering a spread. They're just going to go out there, get the win, stay healthy, move on to the next week. Cause nobody needs to get hurt against a team like that, that they can just walk all over. Right. Yeah. And it feels like Frank Gore's kid has had as long of a career at Southern, <laughs> Southern Miss as he did in the NFL. Yeah. yeah he's a, uh, uh, you know, doing really well there. And uh, yeah. it feels like, yeah, it feels like he's been there for several many years now uh, there at Southern Miss. So a little, little good college football nugget there. Uh, well, that will do us for this episode of picks with the professor that wraps us up for the week. We got all sorts of content to go back and watch. If you have it yet on all of the football, two college football shows and an NFL show as you head into the weekend with your Friday baseball bets, again, all your Saturday and Sunday bets over on dub club, and all your football bets, of course, is always best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.